Welcome to the Prince Manasseh Achu podcast. Prophet Manasseh Achu is the general overseer of the Watered Garden Church in Ghana, West Africa. Thank you for joining us for another power-packed session. Through the teaching of God's word and the ministration of the spirit, we restore God's glory in mankind. Enjoy the transformational power of God's word as you listen to today's message. Thank you, Father. We welcome you into this place. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Holy Father. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Open your mouth and speak in tongues. Amen. Lift up your hands and say, Heavenly Father, whatever you have done, nothing can be added to it. It is enough, it's sufficient, it's all surpassing, it's entire, and it's complete. Thank you, Father, for coming into this place. In Jesus' name, Amen. What I have to say is not as important as what he has to say. So never lift prayer above prophecy. Never lift prayer above the word of God. What you have to say is not as important as what he has to say. Amen. And we thank God for his presence. My message tonight is simple. As we look into God's plan or God's purpose in the Holy Scriptures, we need to find the most important things or the things that really matter and then appropriate those things. Because when we were children, we speak like children, reason like children, understood like children. But now that we're old, we have to learn how to put away childish things so our glory as matured sons of god would be revealed in the old testament people saw the glory of god they looked forward to catching a glimpse of the glory of god moses at his best only saw the back of god those who ventured beyond a certain point died it was as simple as that they died not really because god was cruel but it's just the overwhelming glory and power and too much power radiating from god's presence that the fallen natural man had not been designed to be able to contain when glory meets sin is equal to death it was as simple as that but what the old testament saints even angels decide to look into and they couldn't look into we are privileged not only to see but to handle not just to handle but to imbibe as a matter of fact we've been designed for this 
The Bible said, he that hath wrought for us, the self-same thing. He who fashioned us for this very thing is God. He was talking about glory. And he said, the person who designed us for this glory, who designs us as habitations for this glory, temples of the Holy Ghost, temples for God. The one who designed us for this very thing is God. Who has also given us the earnest of the spirit. So, we are not just talking about seeing the glory of God. We're talking about the glory that shall be revealed in us. The highest measure of the divine presence. A body wholly flooded with God himself. But as we look intently into these things, we need to ask ourselves, what are the most important things? Or what are the higher levels in these things that we have come to believe in and then we appropriate them one of such people in the bible that encountered god in such a beautiful way that the bible even calls the father of us all was abraham abraham now so we need to begin to inquire into what abraham did because out of all the heroes of faith abraham stands out as the father of faith so we must begin to inquire diligently what is it about abraham that we need to emulate and you know that it was his faith but you see what I want to talk about is not entirely an issue of faith. Though it is faith. But it is grace. Bible says it is of faith that it might be of grace. Interestingly, the purpose of faith is grace. And then we read in Romans chapter 4. The what shall we see then that Abraham our father... As pertaining to the flesh had found. What secret did Abraham find? What secret did Abraham find? For if Abraham was justified by works. He had whereof to glory. But not before God. If Abraham did something. Then Abraham could boast. And say I did this. But the Bible says. Not before God. For what saith the scriptures? What does the Bible say? That Abraham believed God. And it was counted unto him for righteousness. Abraham's faith was his righteousness. Abraham didn't do any righteous work. His faith was considered his righteousness. Now, to him that worketh, verse 4, is the reward not reckoned of grace, but of debt. What it means is if a man ends his pay by his work, it is not counted to him as a favor, but it is paid him as debt. There are some of you, God is so indebted to you, that God has to pay. And God is looking at you and laughing. Oh, oh, so you've done so much. You qualify so much. You deserve so much. 
Bible says, by the works of the Lord shall no flesh be justified. You need to understand that the lamb was slain from the foundation of the earth so that the basis, the foundation of the earth will be based on mercy, on the blood. That God's dealing with man from the beginning originally was by grace and mercy. See, I want you to understand something. Today we emphasize human responsibility and human work. We preach it. We tell it. But we don't even understand that it's part of the fallen nature. We are talking about discipline. We are talking about hard work. We are talking about diligence. We are talking about stiff thinking. We are talking about do this, do that, do this. And we don't understand that the do's and don'ts are still just part of the fallen nature. And it's all just the flesh putting up a show to tell God we have come of age, we are doing well. And God said, that is not it at all. Ladies and gentlemen, as long as we keep preaching the do's and the don'ts, and you have to do this, and when you do this, then God will do this. The more we preach it, the harder we preach it. That's what the world preaches and teaches. Sometimes I look at the world and I laugh. They have what they call ethics. Conduct of good behavior. They don't even understand this whole thing. Unfortunately, we try to mimic the world. And we find ourselves in a community that just need laws to regulate them. But you see, the Bible is saying something here. It says, If they which are of the law, verse 14, be heirs, then faith is made void, and the promise is made of none effect. It says that if it is the adherents of the law, or those who rely on the law, who are the inheritors, then faith is useless. And God's original promise counts nothing. Then it never started with God, it started with us. It's just a cause and effect. You need to understand, when Bible talks about the promise of God, you need to understand the will of God, the volition of God, the original intent of God. Before the fall, before man's effort, before all this. Now, prophet, what you are teaching, won't you leave it for eternity? Because time requires responsibility. Yes. But I have to prepare you for eternity. Not just that. The reason why we are not able to enjoy the righteousness of God is because we try to chalk God with our works. So we are not able to have the full impact and import of the work of the spirit because the works of the law is for the flesh as long as we are trying to keep the law we are in the flesh even at our best when we keep the law at our best it's still a manifestation of the flesh prophet why this we will not see glory until we stop insisting on what we should do or can do and start talking about what he has done you know sometimes we sound like 
the work was not finished. We sound like Jesus needs some help. And it's all over town. The blood of Jesus needs some help, some real help. See, the blood of Jesus needs some serious acquaintance. To help the blood to be a little powerful. To help the word of God to be a little powerful. The name of Jesus is no longer very powerful. So we have to help Jesus' name with some serious acquaintance. We are confused. That's what I mean. The gospel is God's power for salvation. And until we preach it so hard, preach what he's done. Until we get back to see what God has done. What God has done. What God has done. His original intent. What God has done. Until we get into it. We will work so hard. Try so hard. Live so holy. Pray so hard. And the glory will elude us. Because the glory of God comes with the grace of God. We beheld his glory. As the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. We beheld his glory as the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. We got to verse 5, we're in chapter 4. But to him that worketh not, but believeth on him that justifieth the ungodly, his faith is counted for righteousness. You didn't hear me. But unto him that worketh not, the man who has no work to offer but has faith in him who makes the ungodly upright his faith is reckoned counted regarded by god as his righteousness what it means is abraham went to god and said you know what i'm just a heathen man from an idolatrous background and I don't know anything about godliness. But I believe you that you can justify me. And Bible says, God considered... You see, it says, the man who doesn't have any work to offer, but believes that God can justify the ungodly, God considered that faith for him as his righteousness. Why would God do that? You remember that in Ephesians 2.10, he said we are saved by grace through faith. Not of yourselves. It's the gift of God. Not of works. Then he explained why. He said, lest any man should boast. Now, if you ask me about what God hates the most, I can tell you. It is boasting. That was the whole problem God had with the law and with the Jew and with works. You may not stand somewhere boasting as in saying, I did it by myself. But the flesh will always naturally take credit for what God designed and has done. And God said, what are you talking about? So anybody who comes to God by merit is out. And when you start and you want to swift to merit, God says you are still out. It's very serious. Our fear is if we don't preach the law so hard, 
people will not be responsible our fear is that there will be anarchy our fear is that people will walk in licentiousness our fear is that people will take the grace of god for granted so that why are you afraid for god that's his problem to fix you see anybody who tried to help god in the old testament died anybody no one day the ark of covenant stumbled and somebody tried to help he died instantly god said i don't need your help that's why obedience is better than sacrifice he said if i were hungry i won't ask you for the earth is the lord the fullness thereof he said lebanon is not enough the trees of lebanon are not enough to burn nor the beast of the field enough for sacrifice say if i were hungry i won't ask you the holiness god is demanding he can't get it from you actually it is filthy rags it is filthy rags but you see we receive this at the entrance of salvation and we forget it along the line abraham is so big they call paradise the bosom of abraham all of us we're going to sit in the bosom of abraham and yet abraham's capacity did not stem from his ability to do something but just to believe god i'm saying we must go back to believe the finished work of christ and believe it properly Because David described the blessings of a man unto whom God imputed righteousness with our works, saying, Blessed are those whose iniquities are forgiven. And some of you are still confessing your sins every day. And whose sins are covered. And blessed is the man to whom the Lord will not impute sin. Do you have this kind of Bible or you have another Bible? Bible says there are some people God doesn't impute sin. And you too, every day you are confessing your sins. You don't understand. God doesn't impute sin to those who are in Christ. He doesn't impute sin. The message is not even about we going to sin or not sinning. But you see, comes this blessedness upon the circumcision only or upon the circumcision. For we say that faith was reckoned to Abraham for his righteousness. How was it reckoned? When he was in circumcision or in uncircumcision? Not in circumcision, but in uncircumcision. Look, this is so interesting. This is, this is serious. Do you actually know that circumcision stands for the new birth? It is the cutting away of the flesh. It is the cutting away of the flesh. Circumcision is symbolic of the cutting away of the flesh so there is no flesh to boast do you understand so it was necessary because it was equal to the new birth in a sense it was very necessary but the bible talk about all the works abraham did including circumcision that abraham was not considered righteous even because of circumcision See that all these spiritual things we do and all the religious things we do 
It's not what qualifies us. You see, people don't get it. He said, God gave him that righteousness when he was uncircumcised. But he was circumcised as a seal. Baptism doesn't save anybody. But when you are born again, you must be baptized, right? Communion doesn't take anybody to heaven. So maybe you have two wives and they say, don't come to the lost table. Come to water garden and come to the lost table. I'm not saying it's good to... Now, he says, that he might be the father of them that believe, though they be not circumcised. That righteousness might be imputed unto them also. And the father of circumcision to them who are not of the circumcision only. But who also walks in the steps of that faith of our father Abraham, which he had been uncircumcised. For the promise that he should be the heir of the world was not given to Abraham or to his seed through the law. You remember we read already that if we are heirs because of the law, then faith loses its relevance. And the promise, which was God's original intent, is of no effect. Then see, we merited it. We caused it. So here he's saying that a promise that Abraham should become the heir of the world was not given to him by keeping the law, but through the righteousness of faith. In other words, God wants to look at you just your faith alone, without your faith alone. Qualifies you for the inheritance. It's still hard for some of you to get. Because all our life, our reward systems have been corrupted by the flesh. So the survival of the fetus. You have to merit everything. So that is how come it's so difficult for you to receive your healing for free. People want to pay prophets. So that they can pray them out of the coffin. They want to do something. They want to go on a 40 day fast. To live healthy. They can't get it. Well. Is there anything wrong. If we do right things. After we are born again. God has no problem with your works. As long as it aligns with your faith. But when God is watching, he's not watching the works. He's watching the faith. But the only problem is that many times the obstacle to our faith is the work. And as long as it is of works, it's not of faith. And if it's not of faith, it's not of grace. Otherwise, work is no more work or grace is no more grace. The glory that is going to come to be revealed in us if it's going to be on our merits we'll never be the bride of christ no matter how hard we try but it's going to be imparted and we must have faith enough to receive it when god is imparting the glory otherwise god will be ready to release a sanctification by the spirit and an impartation of the glory and our faith says no i'm not ready i'm not holy enough i'm not clean enough 
this can't work i'm a sinner i'm unclean god i'm sorry use another man and let it be another generation and god said the problem i have with you is even not your sin my problem is your unbelief you see the gospel is a free gospel but we love to be in bondage so when we hear the free we are uncomfortable that's your flesh your flesh hates to be free it loves bondage because that's its nature for if that which be of the law be ours then faith is made for it and a promise made of none effect because the law worketh wrath the law will only produce wrath the law angers god it frustrates god for where there's no law there's no transgression i won't comment on that therefore it is of faith that it might be grace to the end that the promise might be made sure to all the seed now i preach on this before the bible says that god's blessing and god's inheritance is coming to us not based on the law which means on works but through faith so that the promise will be made sure to the seed so that the promise the inheritance will be guaranteed what it means is that he is saying that if god had given the promise to abraham by law and works then somebody along the line might have done a mistake and then we would have forfeited it because somebody broke the chain but the bible says that so that the promise not being capable of forfeiture might stand firm to all the seed of abraham now the difference between the promise of god and the reward of god is that the reward of god is based on works so it's capable of forfeiture but the promise of god is based on his volition and is based on his grace and love so it is incapable of forfeiture just choose choose the one that you can forfeit and the one that you cannot forfeit just choose now listen alexander knows that the heaviest anointings and miracles that we see in our programs all i need is just to be quiet and to be alone that's all all i need is just to be quiet and to be alone with god not to do something just to receive that's all that is all and we get amazed at a level of anointing and glory as if somebody did something no and everywhere i go i try to ex- to explain that there's something god is doing and you can actually find out and just get in no you're doing something and inviting god in this is the whole essence of the prophetic but we've reduced the prophetic into something no the whole thing is we're supposed to be doing what god is doing simple know what god knows say what god is saying that's it it's not about hey, and come dito hey, and come dito and then all those kind of entertainment if god wants me to preach and i say i want to zoom into the spirit and lay hands am i more spiritual than god god say preach and i want to zoom into the spirit and lay hands and prophesy 
That's flesh. So it's not about how we target. It's about what the spirit wants per time. And sweetheart, this is not only about what we do in church. It's about what we do in all our lives. Therefore, it's of faith, verse 16, that it might be by grace. You want to ask me why faith moves God? Why is faith the most important thing to God? This is the answer. Why there's no faith, there's no grace. Faith say, I believe that the Lord has done it. I believe that the Lord is good. I believe that the Lord will do it. You believe in the righteousness of God, in the love of God, in the integrity of God. And God said, now you're talking, now we can deal. I deal with people on the basis of grace. So if you want to know the mystery of faith, all this thing about faith, faith. What is it called about faith, faith, faith? The secret is because it allows God to operate grace. Honey, the only time you tie God's hand is when you don't allow him to operate in grace. Because that's an insult to him. Do you understand? It's like Dove coming back to come and give me back the school fees I paid. You understand? Am I that broke? You didn't get the analogy. My daughter comes back and then he wants to pay me for the school fees I paid. So God is so rich that when we come to him trying to outsmart him but trying to give something to him and do something for him instead of pleasing him it grieves him because we don't have the picture of who he is see that he's so rich in glory he doesn't need anything the worst thing you can ever do is to worship god as if god is desperate for worship hold it you know i hear people say hmm, hey, let's worship the lord there's only one thing god cannot do that is he cannot worship himself seriously you think god needs worship you must be joking in the eternity past when they were in eternal bliss in in communion when the father was having intercourse with the son and with the holy ghost when the holy spirit went into the deep things of god searching all the glories of god when they were fellowshipping sharing their life when there was no matter you think god needed you your something worship no it's a privilege it's a privilege it's a privilege so it is a faith that it might be of grace to the end that a promise might be made sure to all the seed we said so that the promise not being capable of a feature we said a promise of god is incapable of a feature but the reward of god is capable of a feature and god gave it to us not by depth not by reward but by promise so that it will be incapable of a feature do you now understand why some people like the davids can never miss the blessing and why is the souls all right let's finish not that to only that which is of the law but to that also which is of faith of abraham 
as it is written now this is the real thing i have made thee a father of many nations before him whom he believed even god which quickeneth the dead and calleth out those things which be not as though they were let me give you a better translation and god speaks of the future events with such certainty as though they were already passed listen this is how abraham believed how did abraham believe god now we are talking about the faith of abraham that's what we're talking about how did abraham believe abraham believed god the way god acts he speaks of the future with certainty with such certainty as if it was already passed that's how he believed god that god raised the dead my case can never be a hopeless case because even if he's dead god raised the dead and calls those things would be not as though they were who against hope believe in hope oh that he might become the father of many nations according to that which was spoken so shall thy seed be and be not weak in faith he considered not his own body now dead when he was about 100 years old neither yet the deadness of sarah's womb he staggered not at the promise of god through unbelief and being fully persuaded that he who had promised he was also able to perform and therefore it was imputed unto him for righteousness put your hands together for the lord This is what God wants us to emulate. As we talk about the glory of God, we are talking about the capacity to contain the glory. Because in the New Testament, we're not talking about glory to be seen. We're talking about glory that shall be revealed in us. But the capacity to receive this glory and reveal it or manifest it is dependent on our faith. And we said, since Abraham is the father of us all, and we are all going to sit in his bosom, we have to learn what Abraham knew. Which is, can we get to the place where even at 100 years, we'll still be expecting our baby? That's what we have to learn. That's what we have to learn. Now, listen. Sarah was barren before she got menopause. She was twice dead. Abraham, the Bible says, Abraham was as good as dead. That's what the Bible says. Out of one sprang. Even him who was as good as dead. Abraham was as good as dead. Abraham was like death itself. But at 100, Abraham was still believing that he would have a child. Now listen. You see, I know your problem. You want to please the world. Because they'll think you are not civilized. How can you be 55 and still be expecting a child? You are not civilized. When there's in vitro, when there's this. I'm not against all that. You can do it. Because Sarah did it. Okay? Sarah made somebody to have a child for her. But later, Bible says, by faith, Sarah also herself received strength to conceive seed. Initially, Sarah's faith was small. But later, when she was young, rather, she couldn't do it. When she was old, she was building her faith. And so Sarah also herself received strength. He received supernatural strength into her womb. I was talking about Mary. I was talking about Mary. Probably the most wonderful woman in the whole of the Bible, probably, is Mary. Mary and then Sarah. I talk about Mary and I say, can you imagine, you know the frustrations that a woman goes through when she's pregnant with just a normal human being. But can you imagine the incarnation taking place in the womb of a human being? God changing into a man. In the womb of a woman. Now, 
Now, Mary is so serious that people have decided to worship her. But when you study Mary, her secret is she meditated on these words. When she prophesied, Elizabeth prophesied, the Magnificat, it was all scriptures. Scriptures. When you are full of the word, the word will become flesh. Some of you don't know how Mary got pregnant. First, when the angel announced it, that word, she took it. And then all the scriptures in her spirit. And finally, when God dropped the word, Mary, <laughs> thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. He said, you'll be pregnant. He said, what? I'm a virgin. You don't even know what you're talking about. I don't know a man. He said, no, it will happen. He said, let it be according to the word of the Lord. Now, how many people would believe such a crazy thing? See, interestingly, we are believing strange prophets and strange acquaintances and the proper things to believe. The more sure word of prophecy. So this is what we're going to do for the rest of the journey ahead of us. We're going to learn Abraham's faith. We're going to learn Abraham's faith. Because what God is about to do is only faith. Actually, don't be afraid of faith. If you understand grace, faith is automatic. Faith is easy. Faith is so difficult for you because you don't understand the grace of God. But if you understand the love or the grace of God, you won't struggle with your faith. If you understand the consistency of God, that God doesn't have in him the ability to lie. The Bible says impossible. When he even tries, he will fail. When God tries hard, he will still fail woefully. Because the word says it's impossible for God to lie. People say, well, if the person can tell the truth, then he can tell a lie. Well, God doesn't tell the truth. He's truth. As you rise up, see your faith rising. God has said something about you. God says he wants to do something with you. And you're also arguing. And it's so interesting that those who don't want to receive the free gift of God, they go about complaining as if God asked them to do something. God never asked you to do anything. He's just asking you to receive. And you can't do anything until you first receive. And you can't give what you don't have. Be at the receiving point. At least, if not from men, at least from God. Every one of you there, you may be going through hard times. No clothing, no shoes, no food, and you think you are useless. Can God create a useless man? In God's foreknowledge, when he was creating you, you think he had a failure in mind. You will never fail. We are walking in glory. Salua Gazaisha. Gaiga Gohuza Kata. Kamashaka Satra Kamasuchi. Lift up your hands. As you drink in the spirit. As you drink in the spirit. Receive an abnormal faith from God. As the Father walks into this service.
Methusala, Busso. Adiaga Zata and Gosuso, Palal and Diroco, Kisma, Labiata, Habasapa, Andoro Sutrasa, Havi, 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 Heko, Mostrahata Sacho, Mostrahatosha, Mostrahatosha. Thank you so much for listening. We believe this teaching has been a blessing to you. We want to encourage you to subscribe to this podcast for life-defining and changing moments with the Holy Spirit. Follow us on all social media platforms at Prophet Prince Manasseh Atchu and join the Prophet Sunday services at 9 a.m. See you next week.